Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 9, the story of the transfiguration of Jesus. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son. The beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Word of God for the people of God. Let us pause for a word of prayer. Oh God, may the meditations of all of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Transfiguration. Not a word we use every day. You hear transmit, transfer, transform, transgender, transplant. Any others? Transitory? Transitory. Lots of transits. Go ahead. Translate. In chemistry, how many of you are chemistry fans? Where's Ted when chemistry, okay? It is about having a certain group of atoms, trans, that trans, on opposite sides of a longitudinal axis of the double bond or of the plane of a ring in a molecule. Is that right? Doctor says, yeah. Like trans dichloroethylene? Yeah. Okay. See, I can relate to those heady people. So it's telling us that something happened on that mountain after Jesus, Peter, James, and John arrived. It's so important that the Gospels of Mark and Matthew and Luke include it, and it's found in 2 Peter 1, 16 through 18. Something about Jesus changed. He was transfigured. He crossed over momentarily into the spiritual realm because the root of trans is the Latin meaning to cross, across, or the other side, or beyond, to be changed thoroughly. And right before this trip up the mountain in chapter 16, Jesus asked the disciple, who do you say that I am? 
And Peter says, you are the Messiah. Ding, 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 ding. He got it right. Jesus tried to tell him. He explained, though, what kind of Messiah he was. He was not the vengeful, winner-take-all kind of Messiah. Not the know-it-all, holier-than-thou kind of Messiah. Nope. He's the suffering servant kind of Messiah, one who would go to Jerusalem to die. Peter didn't like that very well. Here, he had just found someone who he was willing to follow, somebody that knew him like no other and still loved him. He had just found someone that helped him understand who he was. Peter, Peter the rock, where Jesus was going to build the church. He was the one to whom Jesus would give the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus couldn't just go to Jerusalem and suffer and die like that. He couldn't lose him. But to be a follower, Jesus said, we are to deny ourselves and take up our own cross and follow him. He talks about losing our life. This following Jesus stuff is not for the faint of heart. So they continue to follow him, and they follow him up this mountain. And don't you love Bible stories that just tell you just a little bit and let you read between the lines? You know, Mary had a baby boy. Those of us who've had babies read between the lines. We know what that's like. Here they were just climbing up a mountain. Well, those of us who've climbed mountains or two can read between those lines too. Rounding that second false summit, your breathing is deep, your lungs are starting to burn from the cold air, and you're starting to focus on one foot in front of the other so you can ignore the pain. And then you ask yourself, now why did I go on this hike anyway? And they get there, and they see him change. And two of the old prophets show up, Elijah and Moses, and they're having a conversation. So this isn't just a lack of oxygen hallucination. They're gathered, they're like old buddies, and they're just talking to themselves. Who are you, Jesus? Funny thing about this following Jesus It's not a matter of mastery, but one of mystery. Now, I stole this idea from Steve Harper, who writes on Ministry Matters, but he was writing about a whole other topic, but I love that idea. Mastery, not mystery. The Christian life isn't about mastering the walk or the talk. If being a Christian could be mastered like climbing a summit, finally arriving then we would get fixed on right or wrong categories. You're either there or you're not. One way to sum up the mastery system is you're free to ask questions so long as after having done so, you end up where we are. Can you imagine a church? If we'd mastered a church, what that would look like? A slick service. Maybe, maybe y'all would have chips every time you walked in the door. It would take, you know, your attendance and, and, and then scan you for, like, how you're feeling that day and if you have anything. We need to send a, 
pastor out to visit you. I don't know. What, I wonder what a master, mastering church would look like. I'll leave that to your imagination. This is important for you to know. We've got a whole bunch of new members joining us today, sitting in our midst. So this is important for you to know, new members. This is important for us to remember, old members. I think you joined this church for the mystery, not for the mastery. When mastery is the context for knowledge, what we know becomes a destination. Let me say that again. When mastery is the context for knowledge, what we know becomes a destination. We've arrived. We've got it. We know it all. But when knowing is a mystery, we view our knowledge as an open system of ongoing discovery. The mystery system is humble, accepting that we don't know everything. A leader in the mystery system, E. Stanley Jones, wrote, I am a Christian in the making. When asked to name the best years of his life, he would say, the next ten. We are on a journey of faith. And this wasn't the last mountain Peter would climb with Jesus. Each new discovery would either confirm what he knew or would challenge it. Enough for new revision. He certainly needed to revise his image of Messiah after this experience. Jesus didn't want the disciples to say anything about him coming out as Messiah. Look how they reacted. The disciples thought they had arrived and would build structures there to prove it. And they fell down terrified when God spoke. If the ones closest to Jesus reacted this way, the rest of the world certainly wasn't ready. That's what happens to us sometimes when we learn something that questions what we know to be true. It strikes terror in our hearts. Who am I? Am I really a Christian? Who are you, Jesus? Are you really the Son of God? Just when we think we have it figured out, we don't. And that's why I don't want to label myself a Christian. There are too many assumptions with that title. That I've arrived. That I think and act a certain way. That I vote a certain way. That I believe certain things. I I want to follow Jesus instead. Because by following him, I'm open to new discoveries and new vistas and valleys. I want to be open to mystery. What better place to follow Jesus than First Congregational, where our mission statement is to him... Brace the mystery of God. And I promise you, there's no such thing as a perfect church, new members. And we will disappoint you. You won't get called by the pastor as soon as you would have liked. Your friends who sit by you in church will start missing you, and they'll think about calling you, but sometimes they'll forget. And someone will say something surprising, which makes you wonder, who is this church? I thought, fill in your favorite term, we were a just peace church. I thought we were open and affirming. I thought we were better than that. 
And when that happens, you've fallen into the mastery system, not the mystery system. We don't have it all worked out. We aren't there yet. We try to be woke, but we're really just waiting for our first cup of coffee. But here's the good thing about being a mystery system. We can hear criticism and take it to heart. We can learn from our mistakes and get better at welcoming people of color or abilities of gender, ability, different abilities and gender expressions. And we try, you know, we... See where I lost my place here. Okay, see? We're not perfect, right? Um... I just like that, that line, we try to be woke. Um, okay, so we learn from our mistakes and we get better at welcoming people of color or abilities or gender expressions. That sentence came out better. And that's why we have a covenant. Do you remember that? I don't know if you... There it is. Do you remember this when you got your packet? Remember this little yellow thing? It's a covenant. It's members of First Congregational United Church of Christ of Colorado Springs. This is what we promise each other when we're members. We promise each other this. And and it goes like this. I promise I will worship with you as regularly as life allows. I promise that I'll serve an activity on a committee or in the church where I feel called to share my God-given gifts. I promise... I will pledge a regular financial gift to the passion-filled ministry of FCC. I promise to grow spiritually through prayer and Bible study and other spiritual practices. I promise to act as the church throughout the week, not just on Sunday. In the various places where we live and work, applying an extravagant welcome, an openness to wonder, and a positive witness. This is what we covenant with each other. Not that we're perfect, but that we are making every effort to be in community. Who are we? Are we open and affirming? We're making every effort. Are we just peace? We intend to, but we're just learning how. Are we extravagantly welcoming? I'd like to think most of the time... And we say these things to inspire us to do better, not to stake a claim on a label. So what happens when church disappoints you? You stay in relationship and you say something about it. You join us in making this place better because we trust that God is here providing us with the grace to forgive and move forward. You see, that is the mystery system full of quirks and pitfalls that we don't arrive at any one destination. We just keep on the journey, one step at a time. Amen.